0: This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. CO2 Pipeline Project Differences there are three CO2 sequestration pipeline projects under development with two, Summit Carbon Solutions and Navigator CO2 Ventures, crossing our region locally. I have clients who are dealing with both companies asking easements from them. I have personal experience with Summit Carbon Solutions, having signed an eased with them, with secondhand information from clients and others dealing with Navigator. I can tell you that the two projects are both attempting to build pipelines to connect ethanol plants to deep CO2 sequestration sites, but the structure and progress of the two are about as different at this point as day and night. The largest difference between them starting out is that Summit is buying an easement, and Navigator is buying a three-year option to acquire an easement. Summit is paying more than Navigator, more than twice as much, according to someone dealing with both, I am told. Summit pays the landowner 100% of the amount immediately after signing. There are also negotiating terms for pipeline construction, indemnities, and other issues, while structuring the payments in a tax-favorable way to the landowners. Easements typically are structured combining the three components of crop damage, temporary easements, and permanent easements, which differ as to taxability. How the payment is structured is some flexibility, which is negotiable. Navigators are paying just 20 to 30 percent of the price of the easement option up front, with the balance paid if and when they exercise the option to purchase the easement. In other words, what Navigator is offering landowners appears to be a throwback to the traditional way that easements have been done here in Iowa, based upon land values and not project values, as has been discussed previously in these reports. Summit has committed itself and its funds to the completion of the pipeline, intending to comply with the existing structure of rules, regulation, and real-world obstacles that are encountered to reach that end. They have a committed destination site in North Dakota for the CO2 sequestration. I'm told that Navigator does not have its sequestration site in Illinois under contract. Upon finding that out, Illinois recently rejected the regulatory application for the pipeline. It would make sense that you would need to know specifically where your pipeline is going before you would get state approval to build it. This less developed progress of their project would be the reason why they only are trying to buy option for easements from farmers rather than the easements themselves. They need more time. How did Navigator get ethanol plants to sign on to this dubious business model? I'm told that they paid them more than the Summit model, hoping to make that up by paying less to farmers for easements. At best, it will take Navigator much longer to succeed, which in my opinion appears to be a tall order and if Navigator fails, their ethanol plants have nothing. What CO2 pipeline opposition doesn't want to hear? CO2 pipeline opponents should be able to see that under the current structure for regulatory approval of pipelines, the summit will be able to comply sometime this year, gaining eminent domain power over holdouts to build their pipelines. They will have a supermajority of landowners on their route who have committed to easements voluntarily. It is not surprising, then, that pipeline opponents have beseeched state legislators to quickly change the regulatory rules before some that can succeed under current ones. House legislators in South Dakota passed a bill that would restrict CO2 pipelines in that state, but it was resoundingly defeated in their Senate 9-0. to Here in Iowa, according to the Des Moines Register, a bill in the Iowa House that would require companies seeking to build carbon-capture pipelines to reach deals to buy 90% of the land on their route before they could seek eminent domain, that bill passed the House but failed to be taken up by the Senate. These legislative efforts to block CO2 pipelines are stymied in South Dakota and Iowa for now. In both states, the state legislature is controlled by Republicans. Governor Reynolds is very biofuel and business-friendly. At the recent annual Iowa Renewable Fuels Association summit, she felt like family to the group, literally getting hugs. She understands the progress and benefit CO2 sequestration holds to our ethanol industry and state economy. She also understands how our economic development could be undermined through political subversion. Changing the rules on business by targeting companies after following the existing structure, they succeed. She supports the pipeline, and the GOP State Senate gave her cover by letting the bill die in that body so she would not have to veto it. These House bills let politicians appear to cater to their louder constituency, but it is extremely unlikely that they will exceed legislatively. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. Futures trading involves risk. The risk of loss in trading futures and or options is substantial. Each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance is not indicative of future results.